Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services podcast studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're back with another episode of Who's in the House. Stick around. Have you seen the button push? You've never seen the button push? I didn't know that you did that. Yeah, so the button came around because um, in the early days, if you go back and watch the first episodes, we knew in our heads that there was going to be like some music right there after I did the little intro, but everyone would just sit around because I'd say, let's go. And then I just kind of like, I dance because I could hear the music in my head and they'd just be like, uh, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, nice. so now, so now they, uh, they got a button so that I can push it. And, and that was the new music for, uh, you know, who's in the house. All of you listening already know, well, you should know if you're a fan of the show, that In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. But we wanted you to get to know more about the men and women who work on those systems, the tradesmen who keep our homes safe and comfortable. That's why we're calling this show Who's in the House. Our guest today uh, is an HVAC tune-up technician at Any Hour Services. Carly, welcome to the attic. Thank you. <laughs> How'd that feel to you? Did, did it seem natural? Yeah. I've watched the show. I know you got to do an intro. Yeah, well, yeah, but the <laughs> attic part is is a little bit different because oh. like we're trying to figure. We're trying. We're still trying to come up with a name for what this space is going to be. Mm. And, and the attic just kind of like felt like it's a room in the house that maybe not a lot of people go to. And so we felt like the attic. You, you have some suggestions, like Jim Rohn, like when he does his <laughs> uh, sports show, right? Uh, the jungle. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to say in the basement. That feels okay. Dirt. Yeah, the attic is good. I Attic's like that. good. No, like welcome to the bonus room. <laughs> Ooh, that's good too. But most people don't have bonus rooms. People know what an Ooh. attic room is. Welcome to the double wide. <laughs> I grew up in. Well, actually, I grew up in a single wide. <laughs> All right, welcome to the trailer park. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. So, um, Carly, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell the folks who you are and just just how you would normally introduce yourself if you were meeting somebody for the first time. Okay. Um, I'm Carly. I grew up in Chicago and I have lived in Utah for about 12 years. I started at any hour less than six months ago, um, but I've been around the HVAC business um, basically my whole life. My dad owns um, an HVAC company in Illinois. And so grew up going on jobs with him in the summers and hanging out with him and hearing a lot about how he does his business and um, like how he treats customers and stuff like that. So, that, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so been in Utah for 12 years, but you grew up in uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Was it Chicago proper or were you guys like outside of Chicago? That's always a good question. Um, I grew up in the suburbs, so I can't technically claim Chicago, but nobody knows the town that I grew up in. So... Yeah. Try me. Um, it's called Lake Bluff, yep, Illinois. Don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was it by a lake? Yes. Um, I grew up about two miles from Lake Michigan. But it's called Lake Bluff. Yeah, because there's a huge cliff that drops ah. down to the lake. It's not like... I thought um, maybe that was the city's big bluff. Like, hey, hey. we're just kidding. It's Lake <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no. It's not like Utah Lake where there's a nice beach... Um, that just like slopes right into the lake. Um, mm -hmm. There's a big, huge cliff, and then there's a little beach. So, yeah. so did you? I've never been to. Uh, actually, I've I've seen Lake Michigan, but I've never like lived and grew up around it. Did, would you like? Was it a big like? Did you go there in the summers? Like, because the lake, the Great Lakes are not like the lakes that I think about like growing up, where it's <laughs> like, oh, let's go, you know, jump off the dock and like do these things. So, what what was the Great Lake? of Michigan like <laughs> yeah uh I I wouldn't say it's like the lakes out here like people don't go motorboating and they don't take out pontoon boats and stuff like that because the water is um so much rougher mm. a lot of people sail or take yachts out or jet skis I guess sometimes yeah. but haven't, yeah haven't seen a yacht on Utah Lake <laughs> no. or Salt Lake. a lot of yachts on Lake Michigan yeah that's more of the style. It's 90 miles across, so you can't really see the other side. There's lots of opportunity to um, take boats that you would normally take out on an ocean. That's so, cool. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So let's let me get a couple of things. Uh, how old are you? I'm 30. 
Okay, what? well that you're... sounds like you're bluffing right now. <laughs> I'm 31. Okay, 31. So I was I was thinking in my head like you've been here for 12 years, but you grew up in Chicago, but you look really young. Yeah, Do you get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time I go into someone's house and they kind of question how old I am, they're like, like "You're like 23, 24." I'm like, mm-hmm. "I've gotten 18 on an airplane before." Really? I was like, "No." I literally graduated college like before you were born. Shut up. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, married, single? I'm married. Married. How long you been married? A uh, year and a half. Year and a half. Congratulations. Since, Thank you. Uh, you know, we didn't know each other back then. Um, <laughs> tell me, um, are you kids yet? Nope. Okay. Um, you said you've been in Utah for 12 years. Let's um, talk about your journey from Chicago to Utah. How'd you end up in Utah? Mm, um, I, so I graduated from high school and my parents were like, you should go to college. And um, Parents usually do. <laughs> yes. They're like, you should do something meaningful with your life and spend lots of money. And yes. Um, so I- Like spend lots of their money? They're like, you should do something meaningful and spend lots of our money? Uh, or or your own money, like oh, okay. all your savings, so okay. you can go to college and well, get a degree. Well, that's good that you had savings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I looked for schools junior and senior year, and I really wanted to do track and field in college. And so when I um, looked at Utah State University um, up in Logan, they had a, an option for me to walk onto the team and then get like smaller scholarships or, um, you know, more aid as I went along. So I decided to go to Utah State University and do pole vaulting. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So that's how I ended up in Utah and took me like five years to graduate. So I graduated with a degree in marketing, which I know you are familiar with, you guys. Um, And uh, yeah, then I did sales for software technology companies for like five years. Yep. What does that look like? Like what kind of software solutions were you selling? Um, There's a company here in Utah called Lucid Software Mm -hmm. and I worked for them for a few years. Um, I worked at a a startup um, most recently and um, they sold software for uh, information security. So Hmm. yeah. That's cool. Um, Pole vaulting. I'm curious. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Did you do that? You did that in high school, I'm, I'm assuming. Correct. When did you start pole vaulting? Uh, when I, I think I was a freshman or sophomore. My coach was like, you're not really that fast. <laughs> um, how about we try a field event, which was good because I wasn't that fast. So, so yeah. then when did you start with like track and stuff? Like um, I'm assuming like I, you always see when spring's coming around, like herds of teenagers running, yeah. you know, and I'm like, okay, is that cross country? Or are they getting ready for like whatever? But how did you get started in track and field? Um, I just had friends who were doing it in middle school, um, which is like uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade in Illinois. And so I joined the track team, I think my like seventh grade year and all my friends were doing it. So I just hung out with them after school every day and then in high school it became much like a much bigger group of friends so how big was your high school like how big of a town is lake bluff Mm. my graduating class was like 440 people so pretty good size yeah i think there were like 1600 students at my high school so okay and then tell me the reason i'm asking these questions is i'm trying to imagine what the level of uh, competition was with the track and field, you know, cause like I grew up in like small, small towns. And so all you had to do was like show up and say you were willing to be on the team. Didn't matter if you had much skill or not. So, um, but of, of that big a school, it seems like you probably, I mean, how good were you at pole vaulting? Uh, probably not that good. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I liked it. I had a lot of fun. I did really well. My June, I made a lot of progress my junior year. And I think that's why Utah state was like, yeah, Let's have you on the team. So what is what is uh getting into pole vaulting look like? Because when I see it, like, oh man, that looks so cool. Like people doing that running, but then like, you know, what if you miss the little the little thing, this I don't know what even the, box. the, the hole is called. Yeah. yeah, the box where you put the stick and like I, I always have these fears, like I'm a bigger dude. Like what if the stick breaks? Are they rated by poundage? Like what if the, and then you see the videos on YouTube of people like getting impaled. Like, okay, so all did of, you have any of these fears? Um, Everything you said is true. Uh, really? All yeah. of those things happen? <laughs> yeah, all those things happen. 
I broke, I didn't break a pole, but I bounced back out of a pit at a meet in Boise. Um, I think there's a video somewhere. Um, but You're going to have to get that video so we can put it on the show. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know where it is, but <laughs> oh, I, convenient. <laughs> I like took off. I made my takeoff and I just didn't, I wasn't running fast enough and it just popped right back out so, and fell. So you, the, the stick bends and before you go over the thing, the stick flings you back. Yes. How tall are those sticks? Um, most of the poles are like 13 plus. I don't. How high up off the ground were you? I, I was probably like 10 feet off the ground. And it just slung you back, huh? Yeah, because if you think like physics, you know, you, you get something going in the like the forward motion. Mm-hmm. But then once it starts to straighten out, right, it's mm-hmm. it can basically just push you back. So hmm. if you're not going fast enough and you don't have enough force going in, then yeah, you're, you're coming back out. So you really can't <laughs> like uh, dip your toe in the water of pole vaulting. You got to like go all like no. all in on it. No, you can. Um, when I was like a freshman, sophomore, you don't bend the pole. Like what? It, you just straight pole it. I, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. To explain <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so like. All, all the pole vaulters out there like uh, <laughs> <trying> to, <laughs> this guy, he doesn't know. <laughs> They're probably like, wow, she doesn't know either. But basically, <laughs> basically you take off and your body like is flat when you take off. So like, let's say the, the ground standard is here. What's like the, the, what's the standard? Um, the yeah. height you're trying to clear. Okay. Gotcha. So the stand, so the standard and your pole, your, the height is here and you take off and you basically get your body to go at least flat. So you clear it. Uh-huh. But when you're better and the more you train your, the pole bends as you take off so that you get more height, like your body is here. And then that, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> That's all right. Every, everyone listening is like, where's here? What's this? What? <laughs> so here's the pit. Here's the box. <laughs> and then you, once you take off, your body is down here where my fist is and the pole is bent. And when you are, when the pole straightens out, your body is up higher and so the more you can get the pole to bend the higher of mm. height you can clear if that so makes you're sense. trying to like run into the thing as fast as possible and like jam the pole into the hole or the box or whatever and are you when you first do that are you kind of trying to move the pole down or are you just using your momentum and your your weight and to like get it to bend yeah just the momentum mostly at the beginning i mean when you're a freshman sophomore in high school you're you weigh like i don't know a hundred pounds so so how high were what's your pr what's your personal best of clearing a standard probably like 10 six 10 six 10 feet six inches give us an example like what do olympians do <laughs> yeah i, I was nowhere I'm, near I'm, that level no i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna say that but i i guess i was just trying to in my mind trying to envision because i don't follow pole vaulting no that's okay do you, Austin? no okay so what do olympians like um, give me an example of what i think they do. the world record for women's right now is like 16 meters two 16 meters i'm 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 murking. i'm off What's the, what's the, how many feet is that? It's like, it's like 16 or 18 feet. Okay. I'm thinking six meters. Okay. Six, two is, yeah. Someone should verify that or fact check me. (laughs) We we don't worry about facts on this show. (laughs) We just, we just say whatever and hope people believe us. Um, all right, cool. So that, uh, pole vault. So what's your worst, like pole vaulting, like accident or mishap? Oh, definitely that, that weird swan dive thing I did in Boise, like, bounced in bounced out made a weird noise it was on camera everybody at the uh i like everyone at our end of season awards ceremony from the entire like athletes group at college was like wow that was really funny and i was like i want to die right now seriously if you can get the video like we would love (laughs) to include it in the in the show um but at what point in the pole vault did you realize like uh this is not gonna end well uh, as soon as I took off. Really? Oh, yeah. You can tell because, like, you know what it's supposed to feel like. Um, and it didn't feel right. <laughs> mm. So was that early on in the career and you got better? Or yeah. were you, like, pretty experienced when that happened? No, I definitely got better after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good learning experience, right? Yep, yep. Um, okay, cool. So one of the things that I want to do uh, with the show is 
you know, I don't remember growing up when I was in high school and things. I remember career days and I remember going and taking like an aptitude test where you'd like answer some questions and they'd say, oh, you're meant to be this and, you know, whatever that is. I don't remember a whole lot of people or at least my friends saying like, I really want to be a plumber. Yeah. I really want to be an electrician or an HVAC technician. So I'm always curious how people go. Well, did you, did you have friends and things like, Mm-mm. so I'm always curious how, how people end up in the trades and what that path looks like, because there's a lot of kids, uh, you know, that there's a lot of pressure, I think, to like go and like start up and do something in the tech fields. And yeah. like, I've got, um, I've got three kids and one of them leans towards like homework, super easy. He like academically achieves. And I've got another child that's a little bit more like me, like ADHD. He's like all over the place. He's much more creative and school just isn't his bag. You know, he's not, he doesn't love the grades. He has the ability to do it. And luckily he's got a mom that like, you know, makes him like before the term is over, go turn in all of his assignments and things. So he's Mm -hmm. got decent grades, but I hear the grades that they're like pulling in and my wife feels disappointed with like, you know, B's and I'm like I'm like what he got A's and B's and you're not happy that's like, great <laughs> I would have loved to have bring home A's and B's like that wasn't my my report card so anyway let's let's talk about um, when you were in high school you're doing your sports doing those things you went to college for marketing so talk to me in high school what you thought in your head like what did you want to be when you grew up uh, this will <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion photographer Ooh. I was obsessed with Vogue, okay. the magazine, like obsessed. All right. <laughs> I would read all the articles. I knew all the names of all the models. Uh, yeah, I was obsessed. Um, but I didn't like I didn't go to school in New York City, obviously. And I didn't go to art college, which is pretty much necessary if you want to do anything like that. Um, so when I got to college, I did start my uh like degree in photography i think i did like a year and a half and then i switched to business because i mostly just realized i was in the wrong i was at the wrong school to get a degree like that and have that become a career um was that when you went to utah state mm-hmm. they're not a fashion photography school <laughs> no <laughs> their photography school or yeah their photography classes are fine i'm sure that lots of people learn lots of things um so but, when when you were in high school did you like uh have the cameras and like yeah. you would go around and take pictures of everything yeah so do you have a, a well-documented teenage like you know what life? i didn't like to take pictures of my friends and like I love to take pictures of buildings and uh, like strangers on the street in like really interesting clothes or hmm. people with really interesting shoes or so you were like, like that. you understood like this is photography, not like pose <laughs> and like everybody say cheese. Yeah, no. <laughs> interesting. So so and the selfie wasn't a thing yet. My, I think you when you're looking at me, you're still thinking that I'm 22. But the cell phone was really only like a thing when I was in high school. So selfies didn't even exist. Well, I'll take you back <laughs> even further. Like I, when I was uh, in high school, yes, the term selfie, no one knew what right. that was, <laughs> but like you have a group of friends, we would get the, um, disposable cameras, you'd get the disposable cameras or you would get, um, or you could buy like a, 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 a camera. It wasn't digital. It, it actually, it was a step up from like disposable, but you'd have to get the little rolls of mm-hmm. 30, 34 millimeter. I don't remember what the film was even called. Yeah. But like we put it in there and you'd have to take all of the pictures before you even see what anything looks like. <laughs> yes. And so, but I had like a little handheld one that um, I've got, I've got lots of pictures of like my friends and things and we would hold it out there and you'd really? have to hope that you were like in the right spot <laughs> and that the lighting was right. We used to do things where like you'd run and jump and you'd try and time it just right. And <laughs> anyway, so like kids just don't know how good they have it from yeah. a uh, photo capturing standpoint. Yeah. And then you'd like take them to the photo store. And, and you'd like, have to wait like at least an hour, maybe like a couple days. Oh uh, Yeah, I didn't. There was not one, at least I didn't know about one hour when I was growing up. And then yeah. I remember it coming around. And then like, if your friends like, were like, oh, s- there was no like, text me that picture. It's it was like, like gotta make get me a doubles. copy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Get doubles. That's right. <laughs> gotta get doubles. And then you get the negatives. You'd hold them up to the light if you needed to go in more. It was, it was a whole different world, people. Yeah. So, so, um, but did you have like a, a nice, nice camera, like a, like what they're shooting with and stuff? Like, 
yeah. those types of things. See, I, I was never that fancy. <laughs> but um, Okay, so photography school, Utah State, not known for photography. You go into business. What were you going to do with business? Um, so I kind of shifted from like fashion photography to be like, hey, you know what? I could do advertising. I think mm. advertising would be super interesting. Um, it's still like a creative element. And I thought that that would be a good direction to shift from because I could still use a lot of my creative skills. But <laughs> I graduated from college and realized I didn't have any connections in the advertising world. Um, and I became a ski bum. A ski bum, huh? <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up skiing? Do they ski nope. in Illinois? Mm -mm. So how did you get into skiing? Just going college. to college? And I wasn't really allowed to ski until I was done with track. Oh, that's right. That so, would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, they don't allow people to do that. And if you go skiing over going to a track meet, they will kick you off the team. Wow. <laughs> so when you say until you were done with track, you mean like done with college or done with the season? Um. So there's really only four years that you can like compete. And I basically finished my four years and I still had time left in school. And so... um like your son I wasn't exactly the greatest student um and I had fun taking classes and I switched majors you know halfway so sure um no I basically I started skiing because I picked up a pass a bunch of my friends were skiing and Beaver Mountain yes I grew Ski up, the I grew up in Logan yeah Beaver I love Mountain Beaver. that was a place to go it was actually the only place to go yeah or wait no they opened a new place Cherry Hill right mm, yes did you go to Cherry Hill? Once. Oh, okay. I never went. It wasn't, <laughs> when I was in school, it wasn't around. It's not a thing. It's fine. <laughs> I just want to shout out Beaver. Beaver. I skied, I skied the Beav every day, man. <laughs> I've never skied the Beav, but I, I, I feel like I'm it's cooler awesome. now for saying it. Yeah. Um, so I started skiing. Um, I'm going to backtrack. So okay. I taught ski, I taught swim lessons in the summers sometimes. So I knew how to teach little kids how to do like a skill, right? Mm -hmm. So I was at the ski resort like this whole season and I actually would follow kids on the little um, carpet. There's a, there's like a little conveyor belt mm -hmm. that little kids ride. And instead of getting on a chair and going up the mountain, they just ride this little thing and then they have a very small uh, like area where they are okay to ski by like themselves and training wheels for yeah, skis sure. like they stay hooked into the machine but they got skis on their feet or this mm -hmm. just takes them up to the top of the bunny hill exactly okay just hooks them up to the top of the bunny hill it's like a rubber mat that they stay on their skis and then they get kicked and like, you followed them because you were an instructor or you were no. starting <laughs> so because i was so new to skiing and so i would follow these other little kids around who were getting taught by instructors and i was like i could do that I could totally teach kids how to ski. All I have to do is figure out how to do as much as they're doing and I could teach them. Okay. And all I have to do is figure out how to go backwards, right? Because okay. you teach kids like from a backwards perspective. Oh, yeah, and that's I was a good like, point. okay, I'm going to try this. So I graduate from college, have a degree in marketing. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to be a ski bum. <laughs> She's like, wow, what a waste. <laughs> wow, mom said that. It was close. It was really close. <laughs> So I, so I tried out for a ski instructor job at Beaver Mountain and um, shout out to the amazing people who run that uh, business. We're not Mountain. checking your references and no, knowing no, no. how much experience you no, had. No, they knew. They knew exactly. <laughs> I, um, I took the test. They did a written test that year and they did like a little interview or whatever. And I, I passed like perfect, whatever. And then they got me out on the mountain and I was like, they're going to know. They're going to know how bad I am. So I, I just did as much as I could. And I got to the bottom and they were like, cool, you can teach three-year-olds. <laughs> Is that the beginning level or yep. are they younger? Okay. Nope, that's it. That's the very bottom. So I taught basically like three to five-year-olds five my whole first season. But I taught for like five years and it was so much fun. Wow. And so yeah. is, is that your... like? I mean, that, I could see how that would be your job in the winter. What'd you do? Did you go back to lifeguarding in the summer or like? I worked at a bike and ski shop. Um, it's called the Sportsman downtown. If you grew up there, it's been there forever. Yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Well, um, okay. So you're doing that. Okay. Yep. So what, move um, us a little bit closer to like, what's the next progression in your career? Yeah. Uh, and why did you stop if it was so fun? Well, I mean money <laughs> you gotta make more money than okay. you did in college you know what i mean fair enough so um 
I I worked a couple random other jobs and then I interviewed for Lucid Software. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, or for, from what I've seen, most companies are looking for like a personality or the way that people communicate more than they're looking for skills, which turned out to be true with Indie Hour. I, I know some stuff about heating and air conditioning, um, but the ability to talk to a customer in their home every day is kind of the really valuable skill that mm-hmm. I had. Um, that's kind of the same thing with sales um, in tech companies. A lot of what they're looking for is the ability to talk to customers, to work hard, um, and to communicate effectively, either via email or on video conferencing or on phone calls. Um, So when I interviewed there, apparently I said the right things. Apparently I showed them what they wanted to see. Um, And so I started on their sales team. There were about 120 employees when I started there. And then in the three years that I worked there, they got up to 700, 600, wow. 700. Um, I, was, I met some of the best people in Salt Lake City um, working there. I made some of my like best friends. Um, I Yeah, I am very grateful for that experience. They were, they were good people to work with. Um, and then... So let me, let me back you up real quick. So you, uh, you were a ski bum teaching three-year-olds to five-year-olds how to ski what how did you go from doing that to deciding that you um wanted to do sales it was basically the only skill i felt like i had okay that sounds terrible well no did you logically think of it that way or did you just go looking for jobs and then like fall into that no um so (laughs) my whole like hey, you should take an aptitude test. You know, in high school, uh-huh. everybody always was like, you'd be great at sales. Okay. Which is, <laughs> you're not sure if that's a compliment or if you're like, should be proud of that fact because some salespeople get a bad rep. Right? So you're like, but what I does think that what, say about me? But I think what that says, especially when you're, um, when you're younger is what that says is that you're a good communicator. Because if you have an outgoing personality and like you connect well with people and you're able to make them feel at ease and make them laugh and make the conversation easy. I think that's just adults way of being like, Oh, you'd be good at sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I mean, all of life is communication. If you can figure out how to communicate uh, to people, like you can go anywhere. Cause like you said, like, I mean, when we hire here, we, one of the big things you can, you can learn uh, the technical side of it. You can teach that if someone wants to learn and they're, you know, technically minded that way, but it's hard to teach someone to have a personality. It's hard to teach them, uh, you know, how to be not awkward in a social situation. You, you know what I mean? And so in, in their way, I think that was their way of like complimenting you. Yes. Like also going back to my kids, I have, I have, the, the one that's actually the, my oldest that's like smart and stuff, he's more of an introvert like me. And he uh, he would not be as comfortable getting out of his comfort zone and going and talking to strangers and learning and meeting, you know, new people that way. But then my two youngest, uh, the one that's like much more ADHD, like he's so like, oh, he gets so excited about whatever the other person is into. And that's like engaging. And it's really cool to when I'm a parent and seeing like how, you know, they all came from the same place, but they're all three totally different people. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm raising them the same, <laughs> but there is definitely something to, you know, they, there's the whole nature versus nurture argument. And I think that both play a part, but there is, there's a whole lot to say with like, you're, you're born, you know, a certain way and yeah. that's who you naturally are and to, to be comfortable that way. Um, okay. So you're doing the sales thing. Um, uh, how long did you say you did it? Three years yeah, or so? I was at that company for three years and then I worked for another company for two years. It was a startup. Another sales <laughs> company. Okay. So, and then after that, that's when you go into the trades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so talk, let's, let's talk about that transition because, um, we know you grew up around it. Actually, let's, let's talk about that growing up. Like, uh, what kind of, what kind of business did your dad have? Was it new construction? Was it service? What, what did he do? What did you see growing up? Yeah. So he did residential, um, like service and 
installs. Okay. Um, not new construction. And HVAC or was he plumbing and electrical? Just HVAC. Just HVAC. Okay. Yep. Did he have his own company or own yes. business? Okay. Yeah, he ran his own. He runs his own company, um, and it's him. And then, like during busy seasons, he usually hires like one or two people um, to help with installs or like extra calls or whatever. Um, but one thing that I really noticed from him was how much his customers trusted him. I think if someone knew me super well, they would have known this story, but basically he would tell us like, oh yeah, so-and-so like gave me their garage code. They weren't even home. Or, you know, people write me blank checks and leave them on the countertop. And when I'm done, I just write out the total and just do what I'm supposed to do. And that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. And he has about four to 500 customers and he's had those customers forever. Mm. Um, it's, it's interesting to watch someone who really takes care of their customers and to um, knows so much about, you know, the technical side, but really the trust he built with his customers was what I noticed the most. Um, actually, when I interviewed at any hour, I noticed that so, so much of that same feeling, so many people were like, the customers like really like us. We have all these great reviews. You know, there's, I read lots of the reviews before I interviewed. Um, there's, there's all, there's all these systems in place to help the technicians be really successful, but also to help the customer feel like they're getting the best service um, and, and the best people at their house. Mm -hmm. So um, I think growing up around someone who owned a business that was really successful and had customers that were very loyal made me see that no matter what it is, whether I was electrician, plumber, HVAC, like I could deliver this great service because I, I know what treating a good treating a customer well looks like. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, you said that like uh, growing up, like did you go on the jobs with, mm -hmm. with your dad? So yeah. talk to me about that. What would you do? What did that look like? <laughs> well, um, when I was like 14 or 15, I was mostly the tool runner and just running back and forth to the truck. Um, but eventually my dad would be like, well, this is how this, this works. And this is where the air goes. And this is like how the furnace actually heats up the air in the house. Or this is how the air conditioner pulls, you know, air in and makes the house cold or just the basics. Mm -hmm. And also I think the familiarity of the words, like this is a heat exchanger. This is a condenser. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just understood those words, at least what they were. Did he... Uh, as you were growing up doing that, did he ever try and get you to like, was, did he try and like, be like, oh, you'd make a great technician as no. a career? No. no. Mm -mm. In fact, when I was growing up, he would be like, you don't want to be in the trades. This is not a good, <laughs> this is not a good spot for a woman to work. <laughs> um, I know he meant that in the nicest way. He was not trying to be like sexist or whatever, but I, I mean, he worked around a lot of people who maybe it would be a little bit scary for me to work with, right? And he was like, yeah. I don't want my daughter to like be around these people, right? But I think it's different when you work for a company like any hour, because one, you have the protection of like 400 employees. And two, there's a high standard of people that you hire. And we don't inter... Like I spent a lot of time at Johnstone Supply as a child. <laughs> Those people were great. They always gave me suckers. It was fantastic. But you saw everybody who works in the trades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus, uh, you know, any hour, we don't really do that. They have, we have truck ferries. <laughs> we don't have to like go to Johnstone Supply probably right. ever, you know what I mean? That's right. So I think it's different. Um, and he, he's actually always curious about what we're doing. And I tell him he, he loves the truck ferry idea. He was like, wow, I really wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. awesome. Um, so, all right. So then if he was, not discouraging, but like, you know, this, no, this isn't a place. Okay. So this yeah. isn't a place that you want to do. You don't want to do this. Um, how, like, did you see yourself doing it at that age? No. no. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then that's what we want to capture. Like then where did the, you were done with the, um, with the second startup sales job. Where did the idea come from? Like when did, like what sparked it? Like, Oh, maybe I want to go into, you know, HVAC. Yeah, sorry I didn't answer your question better before. What question? That, like why I 
got no, into no, no, no. You're you're good. I'm I'm what they call a professional question <laughs> asker. Good. So like, if I don't get the answer I want the first time, I'll just figure out another way to ask ask the question. But no, I I didn't actually feel like any of your answers you gave weren't answering the question. So I feel like I didn't do a good enough job asking the question <laughs> right. But all of that backstory is what I wanted to hear. So now, like, what planted that seed? How did you go from like? When did you decide, ah, I want to be in the trades? Yeah, so um, when I started at that startup, my intention was to get into marketing, like mm -hmm. to move from sales to marketing. Okay. And I think it became pretty clear while I was working there that that was not gonna happen. Um, the marketing team just wasn't growing very fast. Um, and it, you get put in a box sometimes and sure. you just stay in that box, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, about a half a year in, I was like, okay, if this isn't going to happen, do I need to find another job? Like another, can I get into marketing? Um, and I think my sales background started to turn the wheels of like, how can you actually make the same amount of money that you were making in sales somewhere else? And marketing is not, <laughs> I have lots of friends who are in marketing. They're like, that's not the choice. Don't do that. Um, so... Um, as much as I love doing marketing, um, I, I help a little startup um, on the side do their marketing and I love working with uh, the, the founder. But the, um, the choice was really like, do I keep doing sales and be miserable? Or do I find something completely different? And you mentioned, you asked me earlier if I was married. Um, my partner is extremely supportive. He was like, whatever you want to do to be happy because you are miserable <laughs> sales is extremely stressful sure and you can yeah it's extremely super stressful. high highs super low lows yes exactly yeah. so i thought you know what else do i know enough that i could do something and then i just i mean it was like a year of thinking about could i do a trade could i do something else and I kept talking to my dad and he was like well you know it's good money like you could you could probably be fine um, if nothing else you can start your own business you know 10 years down the road once you know enough there was all these different things that kind of fell into place um, I don't usually have like a spark of inspiration and make a decision I like to think about things for a long time mm -hmm. um, and so yeah it was a it was a year of thinking about it and talking to my dad and then talking to companies and seeing how the pay structure works and then interviewing at any hour kind of solidified all the things that I thought would be possible. And I was like, yes, let's do this. Okay. So in the story timeline, you were up in Logan at some point. Um, how did you end up back that like did you make the move down here when you were working for those startups? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Those software companies are both based in uh, along the Wasatch Front. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so then you decide, I want to um, go into the trades. Was it, I want to like go into the trades or was it like, I want to go into HVAC? An HVAC. Okay. Yeah. S so talk to me about what that process of um, figuring out what company you wanted to like work for what did that look like how did you um how'd you start the process walk me through that yeah um a lot of it was how well the job descriptions were written mm. <laughs> and i don't know if that's your department that does that but that's, whoever, that's the recruiting department the recruiting department does a very good job of writing their job descriptions i think because i had come from working in a business uh -huh. uh, um, industry I wanted to see that same level of professionalism mm. in the next company I worked for um, and so the yeah the way that the what word did I just say um, job you were talking about job descriptions yeah <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought I was trying to think the, the very last word but no. job description okay so the job description was written really well and then the um the reviews online really helped because I had all this experience with someone who ran a business that the customers really cared. And so if the customers were willing to write, what is it like 6,000 reviews or something that any hour has? Um, actually on Google, we're almost to 10,000. 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook's got like almost like 15 to 1500 to 2000. Like there's, there's a lot of reviews out there. Yeah. For us. Yeah. So and most I, of them good. 
uh, yeah, most of them are good. It's incredible, actually. A lot of what I read talked about, you know, the technicians and how well the customer felt like they were treated. And a lot of them said, I felt like I could get a hold of this company easily and I could talk to someone on the phone and blah, blah, blah. There was all these things that made me think, this is probably a good company to work for, one. Two, the job description makes me sa- makes me feel like they're going to take care of their employees, whoever they do hire, and they have a fairly serious selection process. So I wanted to treat it like a like a regular business job and see if they were if the company was willing to take me. Um, and I emphasized that I had those soft skills like communication, um, talking to customers, that kind of thing. Um, um, I don't know if I answered your question. Actually. You, you did. No, this is great. Um, where where were you looking? Like, were you on Indeed? Were you KSL Jobs? Like, where did you start oh, looking? Yeah, I looked on Indeed, KSL. I I like to look at um, companies' websites. So, like, if you search HVAC companies and you check the first, you know, ten companies that show up, if they have a job page, that usually means they're on top of their recruiting. That usually means they're interested in hiring people and I guess it was process process of elimination based on what I saw on people's websites how updated it was how much activity was going on you know what kind of job descriptions were written and um how easy it was to be like hey I'm interested in applying and taking that step and the barrier to entry was easy enough when you applied uh, was there an application button on the ad did you call did you message in on social? Do you remember what that was like? I have no idea. That's okay. doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that was like four months ago. <laughs> that's all right. Um, I, I, I guess you're, the way that you went about it is, is makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and when you say, you know, like you Google HVAC companies, that reminded me of how a lot of people back in the day would like look for a job. You go to the phone book and you look under, you know, air conditioning or furnace and you like start calling, you guys hiring, you guys hiring, <laughs> you guys hiring. There, there was no like, you know, way to check into the company and things like that. And so, you know, one of the things that I like to ask is, you know, if the technician was at a, a service company before and you're unique because even though you weren't at a service company, you actually had a really good example of like, Hey, this is what a successful business looks like as far as like that relationship with the customer. Yeah. And, and so, um, that's, that's really interesting there. So when you went through the, the interview process, um, what, what was it when you were going through any hour that made you were like, like, was there one thing? Like, what was is like, that's the one. <laughs> um, and did you interview at other places? Yeah. Don't call them out. I won't. But like, you know, talk to me about the difference in that process and what you saw. So I, I'll, I'm going to backtrack again. Okay. The interview process can tell you so much about a company. And in the first interview, I felt like I could tell that it wasn't going to be good. I did here? that. No, not here. Um, just at other interviews. I knew that's what you meant, but I needed <laughs> you to say it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, so, you're good. So at other places, the interview yeah. didn't go well. Well, it wasn't just that it didn't go well. It was that they weren't prepared. Mm. So at, at a lot of the tech companies that I would interview at, because they're always recruiting salespeople, so they're trying to poach people all the time. Mm. So you'd, you'd be interviewing like the entire time you were at a company. Um, at least most of the people I knew were. But At the other HVAC companies you went for? S- sorry, the tech companies oh, that gotcha, I worked tech. for. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my experience with interviewing was high. Like I had been around a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. And so then... When I came here, the first meeting wasn't really an interview. I met with the like recruiting department. There's mm-hmm. like 10 people. They, they do a tour and show you around. And sure. I was like, well, obviously the company is set up well. But the first interview, I can't remember if it was like Troy or Richard. Those are some of my managers. Sure. Um, the way that they were prepared to talk to me and ask me the right questions um, and understand if I really had the right answers that's how I knew. And that sounds funny, I guess, maybe. But if they're not going to ask me good questions, like you're really good at asking questions. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Where's my I'm good at asking questions button, Austin? <laughs> um, if, you, you are good with people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, 
if if they were prepared to talk to me, then that means that they were probably prepared to hire someone who was the right fit. Mm. And so if I met that standard, that meant that I would be a good fit and that they would treat me right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's it's it's really being here as long as I have been like it's it's really uh, awesome to see through a new person's eyes, like, um, you know, how they perceive the company. And as you were talking there, something that I don't think a lot of people understand, um, and maybe since you're, you know, a little bit older, you got a little bit more job experience and you knew you were looking for something like, Hey, this is, I'm looking for a career here. They don't understand that like part of your career success, like this is a relationship. It's not just how hard can you work? How can you do this? Like, you've got to trust the company that you're, if you're going to go and work for a company, you've got to trust that company that they, that their core values are right, that they do believe in, uh, you know, you winning and the customer winning, but also the company has to be profitable. And so if, if you don't get a good vibe when you go in to like meet with somebody, like it's just like dating a person, use your intuition. Like if you show up on a first date and like, you know, they ask you to pay for it, you know, or, well, I mean, I, I, I would, I would pay for it, but like, you know, or if, uh, you know, they didn't take the time to get dressed up or bathe, you know, like different things like that. If, if they don't care enough about those things to make a good impression on you, if they have the mindset of like, you're here to impress me. Exactly. That's a good way to say it. Right. Mm-hmm. But like the way we look at it is like we are trying to attract the best people out there. And in order to attract the best people, you've got to be attractive. You've got to be on your game. You've got to be good at the stuff that you do. And so so anyway, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you talked about those things, because that's something that um, even when I, you know, was in the job market, I don't think enough people think about it long term. Yeah. And maybe that's because they're short term thinkers and they're just like, ah, oh, this is just a stepping stone. This is I'm going to do this until I do something different. Right. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned earlier that you've worked here for a while, right? Mm-hmm. That was the other thing that I noticed. Um, Richard and Troy mm-hmm. had both worked here for a really long time and they had also progressed inside the company. Mm. Yep. That was really interesting because progression inside of a company like hiring from within is an extremely attractive trait about a company because that means that they value their lower level employees not that tune-up techs are lower level but sure they're kind of starting at the bottom right so like they they bring people through the system at the company and they show them a path right from the beginning right from the interview process that there is a path to grow at any hour and the company keeps growing so of course there will be more opportunities to try and grow at the company and that's that's why people stay that's you know that's a man you make so many good points you're <laughs> not only am i a great question asker you're a great guest <laughs> Thank this you. is like good combination here cuz like uh, if you think about um, when you said that i was thinking like when you okay so if growth and opportunity is something that you're looking for that's if you go into a company and it's like family owned is a great thing, mm-hmm. but if they are family owned and they've been the same size for like 60 years, yeah, like that's a good question to ask when you go in is like, what's your growth plan? Yeah. You know what? Because if there is no growth, your only way into another position is if somebody quits or dies. Yes. Right. Yeah. And a lot of those family owned companies, there's like it's nepotism, like the dad took over from their dad and then the son is in line to take that. And it can be discouraging for people when they come in and they're like, ah, well, I know I'm never going to get to this position because that's Frankie's. Cause he's, <laughs> you know, Joey's son, you yeah. know, whatever those types yep. of things. And so, yeah, our, the, the culture that the ownership has created here is, is so good. Like if you are good at what you do and you are willing to put in the work and grow and develop. And that's when you said that people have progressed most all I'm trying to think if they said that all the managers had been here. So, so or or something like that. I can't, yeah. Like most all of the managers, there might be like a couple here and there that like, uh, that, that didn't like, weren't necessarily homegrown, but like all of the managers have been here for a long time, but most everyone in the company started from the bottom and like they progressed into those companies. And that's like, 
any hour has like leadership training programs yep. to develop leaders because they know it's like the GE of like the, you know, the technical world because <laughs> they, they know that their growth is contingent on not only great people, but great leaders that can help to expand and scale the company that way. Yeah. But, well, I don't want to like keep you too, too long. This has been like a great conversation. Let me just look at my questions here because I did come prepared, but I've been so engaged. I haven't been following <laughs> my outline here. Um, how, how, so you had this, this thought of like, okay, any hours of the company, I'm going to go. You obviously, you know, chose to come and work here. You've been here for six months. Um, has the new worn off or is it still like, like, was it false advertising or like, is it like, is it what you thought it would be? Um, that's a good question. I think that actually happens at a lot of companies because you kind of get this like flashy show at the beginning. Um, no, I don't feel like the new has worn off. Um, but I also feel like that's kind of the attraction one to the company and two to like being in the trades. Like you do something different every day. Right. I think that's, there's a lot of people who, at least I would think sitting at a desk doing a job that's very monotonous gets frustrating after a while and you really want to do something new or have like new experiences. I meet so many people like I've already met. I don't know how many people, so many interesting stories. You know, I get to see lots of new areas of the city and like the state. I get to try new things. I get to look at new furnaces. Um, in the summer, I'll get to look at air conditioners and different houses and all this stuff that's new all the time. The newness of the company is more just like they did what they said they were going to do. And they, any hour has, what's the word? Delivered what they promised? Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you feel like that? Like you've worked here for a long time. Do you feel like you, it's the same or? The, the company is not the same as when we started. Right. But but it's different in all of the right ways. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I started, I mean, actually, first time I ever worked for Wyatt was when I was 16 in the summer. I came in and was like working with him and his dad and and whatever they were doing. That's what I was like helping with. And then, uh, you know, I, I decided I was going to be because my background is electrical. You okay. know, I started out as an electrician yeah. and I did all of the grunt work running home runs and like trenches like digging ditches and stuff because we weren't going to rent a trencher no michael dig it uh, <laughs> you know you know doing different things like that and uh you know as the company grew and progressed i you know just i like to build i like to i like the i like the creativity being in marketing i like the creative side and i like to build things and this is like building something it's building a company and like it, it's just been it's been awesome to be able to help and, and build this. And so, no, is it the same company? No, but it is so much better than it was. And I just, I like being here. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy when people, you know, like being here as well, because happy, happy employees make for, you know, happy customer experiences and you can't build something that we've built like this without going at it all is on a foundation of going out there and making sure that you're taking care of those people that are calling you for those essential services. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's one of the things that like I, you know, kind of miss about being out in the field is being in all of those different homes every day. You know, there's a different creative side and I like what I do now, but you know, the technical side is super fun. Cause I like, I actually, you know, doing all the DIY videos and things yeah. like that. Like I, I like doing that and teaching people and showing people how to, to do that type of thing. I've uh, watched lots of those videos, mostly because I've been doing stuff in my own house and been <laughs> like, how does he do this? The, well, the funny thing is I was having a conversation with my wife the other day and we were, we've, we've been talking about possibly uh, selling the house. And I was like, I bet we could probably get like an extra 10 grand for our house if we tell them like, hey, we've made 60 step-by-step -step videos showing you how to do everything in this house. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, probably true. When you watch, that's the water heater you're working on. You know exactly how it's going to work. That's your furnace. Like, <laughs> as you do this. That, that that might be a selling point. I think you should put that in the... Uh... Hey, I'm going to. And I'm and I'll, I'll report back. I'll let you guys know how much more your house will be worth if you just make DIY videos on how to take care <laughs> of it. Uh, or if I go the other route and I decide to rent the house, 
Like my tenants will be there. I can send them an email every month being like, hey, it's time to do this maintenance. <laughs> and like, here's a video if you don't know how. <laughs> but anyway, um, what's your what's your future plan? You're like new in the trade game. Like, do you have a, a long term plan or like future goals for your career as a technician? I, um, I would love to get good enough to be a trainer. Because I, I mean, I liked teaching swim lessons and ski and sure. instructing and that kind of stuff. Teaching is fun. Um, and I think that's a good way to help the new people feel like they can, um, I don't know. The trainers who taught me made me feel like everything was possible. Mm-hmm. So I would want to pass that on if that that's was awesome. an opportunity, I guess. Before we go, we have a segment on the show that we like to call Don't Judge Me. Okay. okay. So I'm going to give you a bunch of either or options and just tell me whichever you prefer. Is it like a quick answer type of thing? Yep. Quick answer. No need to overthink it or explain your answer. Just whatever comes to mind. Super simple, super fast. And you don't have to worry about it because the name of the segment is don't judge me. So no one's going to judge you. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. You ready for this? Go. Okay. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Water or soda? Water. Country or pop? Country. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Summer or winter? Some summer. Oh, ski bum wants <laughs> no, the summer there. Okay, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, sweet or salty? Oh no, sweet. <laughs> Football or basketball? Neither. Oh, okay. Which one? Or or, or what? Hockey. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a Chicago thing, huh? Like <laughs> yeah. up there. All right. No, no worries. Um, indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. TV or movies? What? TV. Like TV like shows? TV shows. Oh. Uh, or movies? TV shows. Okay. Jim and Pam or Dwight and Angela? <gasps> wow. Jim and Pam. Okay. Bachelor or bachelorette? <laughs> no way. Neither. <laughs> uh, bath or shower? Shower. Um, Pedicure or manicure? Pedicure. Flowers or chocolate? Flowers. Pizza or burgers? Burgers. Does pineapple have any business being on pizza? <laughs> um, yes. It's a great topping. Okay. Well, <laughs> Carly, that is pretty much the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. It's been you. awesome talking to you, getting to know you a little bit. Uh, any last words you want to shout out to anybody that might be listening? You know all your family's going to be tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, actually, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, well, what now that you do all these interviews and you talk to like tons of people uh-huh. at the company, what's your favorite thing about interviewing? Uh, my favorite thing about interviewing people, I, I think that y'all's stories are just fascinating. And so like, I like there's, there's the challenge of every person is a little bit different. Some people have more personality. Some people, uh, are more introverted. And so figuring out how to communicate with them and like making the show interesting, but I am, I am genuinely curious to like, like I, we could have probably gone on a whole lot longer just because I could ask questions forever and ever. My favorite form of communication is to ask a question and let somebody else talk. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just like, I just, I just like what I do. I like the, the, the same way you like to go in different houses because you know, every conversation, every experience is a little bit different. Like these are my service calls. You know, every situation, is, it's the exact same thing. I've got an intro that I say every time, a button that I push and like the way that I wrap the show and things like that. But, you know, everything that's sandwiched in the middle. So I've got a service system, right? I got right. a way that I go through it. But like everything in the middle is like whatever I make it. Yeah, that's you know true. What I mean? And whatever you make it. <laughs> and so I just I just like uh, I like that any hour hires awesome people so that I get to interview <laughs> and meet awesome people. Nice. That was a good answer. Well, good questions and good answers. Got to keep this one around. <laughs> we got to get you on a uh, on a ride along on an episode of uh, Along for the Ride. So I we watched can, like, some of those. Though that that might be fun. It, I think it would. There be. There were a lot of good jokes. I need to like <laughs> up my joke game though because everybody else was so funny. <laughs> Maybe well, that was just edited. I don't know. Well, I mean, of, of course we try and you know 
uh, you know, make the show flow. But no, that's uh, that's because you guys are awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll be back on Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you want to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. 